In times of fear and doubt, chaos and question, we're the one true source for strength, safety, and certainty. Common men with uncommon passions to protect and serve, defend and preserve our family, our life, and our freedom. Founded on the key principle that we must become present, active, and engaged fathers, committed to lead, learn, and love ourselves and our family unconditionally, willing and able to take action against the resistance with honor and integrity by creating the daily discipline necessary to build our body, strengthen our minds, and expand our spirit. Committed and dedicated men who forbid the past to define their current reality. I am that man. My name is Luke Kayam. I am a father of the future. Welcome to the Fathers of the Future podcast. If this is your first time here, get ready to go on a ride. And if you are a regular, if you are a father of the future, if you have listened to or tuned into this podcast, welcome back, my brother. It's good to see you. I am joined by a true father of the future, my man, Todd Seacrest. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Welcome. We've known each other a little over a month and we've spent a good 48 plus hours of immersive time together. I I feel like I know you extremely well. Just yesterday morning, I saw you on Camelback with your eight month, eight and a half month pregnant wife. Yeah, she crushed it up there, man. Yeah. Awesome, man. It was so good. You You sent a picture and we were a couple minutes behind, but you guys got up at what, 5, 5.30 a.m.? We left the house at about 5. We woke up at about 4.30. Make it happen. I love it, I knew, man. I knew I needed to get a head start. I was yeah. asleep, so I was up there when you guys got up there. Yeah. Fantastic. So so the baby's due. Let's just get right after it. June 1. June 1. You're, you're four weeks, you know, 30 days away. It's coming up quick. Yeah. So what has the last month been like for you prior to one month left of your life before becoming a father? It's been crunch time, man. It's been challenging. I've been pushing myself, exploring a lot of myself, making new connections, and uh, finding some gaps that I have and uh, bridging those gaps as quickly as I can. So tell us a little bit about uh, your your relationship, your your marriage. You, how long have you been married? When did you meet your wife? And really... Um, What's what's happening now in this last month? Yeah, so Nicole and I met, um, I saw her in the courtyard my freshman year of high school. She was a cutie, man. Uh, and I always say that we played crush tag throughout all those years. We never really made it work. We got close one time and it didn't happen. Uh, we went our separate ways our freshman year of college. And then she, I always joke, she followed me down to ASU after she went up north. And... Uh, we stayed in contact as friends. She was always there for me. I'd call her, you know, drunk in the middle of the night. She'd pick me up type of thing. Um, but always innocent. The most innocent I've, I've ever had. Three years after college, we reconnected. Um, I brought a couple friends with me to lighten the mood a little bit so it wasn't so intense. And ever since that night, it's been game over. We've just been growing ever since. So... And so you got married when? Got married February 1st, 2020. We got lucky by a month before the mm. world shut down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so your first year of marriage and you're in COVID, 
What was that dynamic like for you guys? Did you have any major challenges? Yeah, we did. You know, we're we're in business together. We work together in our real estate business and we made a hire at that time. And then we were working from home and I'm a man of movement, man. I got to get out and I got to see the world. I got to talk to people. And so that was a tough transition. Um, and working with your spouse and being 24-7 together, especially in a small place, that was started wearing on us. So, um, but we made it through. And once the world opened back up, we got out there and back to crushing it. And last year was also uh, was a successful year in real estate for you guys as well. So what would you say the magic recipe uh, was for that in a COVID year? Uh, staying in touch with people and it transitioned from really being in touch about real estate to just being in touch about life. How are you? Are you okay? Are you going through anything that we can help with? I mean, we we went out and delivered some wipes to some old folks we know that couldn't get disinfectant wipes, those types of things where it just became about the person, not what we do for a living. Um, that was the biggest thing for us that kept us moving throughout the year. And then this year circles back around. Uh, well, actually, let's let's go back. What what was the moment like when you found out that your your queen was uh, pregnant uh, and you were going to have your first child? Oh, man, it's a funny story, actually. So the night that I found out, we went out to dinner with my best man and uh, we had a couple drinks and I'm ha you know having a good time. She made a comment before we left saying, hey, you know, if they don't come over tonight after, that's OK. And I said, yeah, whatever. That's no big deal. We get home from dinner and at the time we had a tenant in our one of our bedrooms who wasn't always trying to talk with us. And that night he was talking it up. She said, let's go up on the roof tonight when we get home. And so I'm thinking, all right, let's go up on the roof. You know, it's, it's pretty cool up there. And uh, talking with the roommate, I'm like, hey, we're actually going to go up on the roof. You want to hang out for a little bit? And he, and he said, yes. Normally he would probably say no. And as he went to go upstairs and get his shirt, I look at my wife and I noticed like she had a, a weird facial expression. And I asked her, I said, did I just fuck something up for you? Or she's like, yes. I was like, uh-oh. She normally is not that direct about it. So we get up there to make a long story short. About an hour later, she's like, all right, I think it's time for bed. She walks him down. She turns around to me and says, stay there. So I'm back to, all right, this is going to be fun. She, go, she goes down. I'm up there reading a real estate article. My, my, my face is buried in my phone. And she's walking up. We have a, a roof that leads to a flat roof. She's walking up. She says, look what I got. We had a, a bad habit of crumble cookies. If you've ever had those, we both got sweet tooth. So she was coming up with it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know you already, I already know you got crumble. And she was like, no, look, I'm like, let me just, I'm almost done with this article. <laughs> she's like, seriously, look. And I look up and she's got this box of crumble. She opens it up on the inside. It says, well, that escalated quickly. You're going to be a dad. I was like, no way. Really? So that's how I found out. And it was, it was a uh, 1230 in the morning. Wow. We live in Tempe right now. So yeah. she's like, let me take a double check. We go down to CVS. There's only one open in the whole city because it's late. It's right off of ASU. Oh boy. So we go in there and she's grabbing more pregnancy tests and I'm kind of a jokester. So we're up at the, the checkout and all these college age kids are around. I'm making a scene. Shit. What are we going to do? But we were excited and it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fun has just begun, my friend. Uh, and so this is new and unique on this podcast is 
to bring men on who are part of the Fathers of the Future movement who aren't quite a dad yet. And and so Jorge Aragon, who you got a chance to meet at the Crucible yeah. a few weeks back, uh, and now you, it's super exciting because you guys truly are the definition of, of a father of the future. And so when this brand, when this idea, when the, the YouTube uh, video came out and eventually got into the podcast and the Crucible, and, and really my mission and my purpose in life is to teach men how to become better men, but those who own the title of father, or in this case, who will own that title of father is to teach them as much as we possibly can about themselves so that they can be the best possible version of that dad, that man for their family, for their kids. And so for me, you know, I quit drinking uh, about 13 years ago. I was uh, not fully present and a lot of men struggle with that, with, with disconnection, with sedation, with not really knowing how to operate uh, as now a leader, right? Most of us have been doing it for ourselves our entire life, right? Especially as men now, we can do it all ourselves. We can fix it. It's, if it's broken, great. If not, who cares? It's all about me. I don't care. And then you get married and you start to have your first experience now with having to take care of someone else. And then the baby comes and now you're on an island really trying to figure some things out. I spent the first six months uh, really just stuck, not knowing what to do. I couldn't really help at night. I didn't feel I could help in the morning. I wasn't connected. And that's because I wasn't connected to me. And so my son uh, and my daughter have never seen and will never see my previous self the version of who I was back in the day when I wasn't so proud of who I am. And so now with this last month of your life, being in full intensive training mode, you've been working here with me for five weeks, you did the crucible, you're hitting assignments left and right. What is the model version of you they will never see? What is the model you were? Whether you're proud of it or not, it no longer served you. But what is that vision look like for your daughter daughter right yeah yeah and her name it's a secret until she's born ah okay yeah, okay okay yeah. great nobody in the family no one knows it yet just nicole and i yeah uh so let's call uh, her princess right yeah yeah, yeah. Th this princess is never going to see what from you she's not going to see the man that makes excuses for himself that lets what other people's opinions or or worth of me to define myself if that makes sense she's going to see the man that is creating his own destiny that believes what he says he can do he will do and that there's nothing that can stop him other than himself which means it's gonna happen so, so you've been in your way before. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're the greatest cock blucker on planet earth ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So she's coming in this last month, let's say, and you got a lot of things planned and organized, but what is it that you're really excited to experience most? Is it the fact that you know, you and your wife have created this science experiment? Is it the fact that now you can focus a lot of your purpose uh, towards this human being? 
I think uh, the latter there. I, I have a lot of passion for helping people get better, be better, live better, live happier. And so thinking about being a teacher to someone that I created and enabling that person to live a big life and whatever life or dream that they have, I'm just so excited for that. Thinking about the little techniques or lessons or uh, things that we'll do to prepare her for life, I'm, I'm really, really excited for. Yeah, there's a lot of those moments. And then you get to this stage in the game where I'm at and uh, you got teenagers. And so I've been talking a lot about it. If you listen to the the last probably 20, 25 episodes, goes over about two year period. I would say that a lot of that focus has been in towards the new role. And so the role that you have right now as provider, as masculine energy, as the king to your queen will shift in a month as you now have to safely and securely take care of this princess. And as that princess evolves, similar to how you have in the past month or even longer, as she evolves into these new versions of her, you're going to have to remember that you also have to keep shifting. And so when I got to the point where my kids were no longer meeting me at the front door when I came home from work, it affected me emotionally. And I felt like, oh, I should, I've lost my purpose. They don't care. Well, it's not that they don't care. They do care. It's that they have started to care about other things. And it can affect you if you hold up resentment towards it. But ultimately, you have to just know that it's part of the process. And when you get to the teenage years, which aren't coming anytime quick, don't rush it. But how quickly I do feel that, you know, you go from zero to 14. The most important years are all of the years there at home. You can't pinpoint it one or to the next. And so you've got 18 years, let's say, at the base level to provide your daughter with everything that you want her to know. But when you face resistance, which will come, It might come at 18 months when she doesn't want the bottle or at three years when she doesn't want to take off the diaper. When it comes, just know that that's part of the process. And the same way you faced resistance for a big part of your life as I did, I was the resistance, it will shift. And so if you can unconditionally love that child for whoever she is or whatever she becomes, you'll have a lot less sleepless nights. Lead with love and trust the process. Yeah. 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 Okay, so do you have a middle name yet that you can't share either? The middle name, yeah, I'll share it. I'll yeah, share okay, it. there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mama came up with the middle name. I came up with the first name. Middle name's going to be Avery. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, the, the first name meaning is supposed to be around a warrior. Mm. And it's... uh. It's a powerful name. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you'll have to uh, drop it once once it comes. We're a month out, right? Yeah. So speaking of this last month and the progression, uh, acceleration, expansion, growth, you know, you've been on this mission. You're, you're quite unique as oftentimes someone will listen to the podcast and reach out. Other times uh, someone will have experienced the crucible and... Um, 
reach out and sometimes there's a direct referral, but you're this unique unicorn, uh, especially for a lot of the listeners out there who are in um, marketing, who are in business for themselves, you know, you are your brand. And so you found the Fathers of the Future brand before you found me. What were you searching and seeking? What were you looking for? Because unlike some of those other processes or entryways into this program, you clicked the link, you completed the application, and then you got on a call with me. And within 24 hours, we met in person. And again, unique, you're, we're here both here in Arizona. But what, what was it you were, like, what was the moment prior to you searching and seeking that made you go, fuck, I need some, I need some mojo. I need some secret sauce. Uh, I need a size 33 inch, 33 ounce bat to hit a couple fucking grand slams with. Yeah. Where is that? Where'd that come from? Man, I was just really searching for some connection and some some like-minded people. I, I was really wanting to find some some other men that go through similar things, who experience similar things, who uh, break through similar things, and want to push themselves. And so when you you know in the networks we have, we all hear these things. You know, you're birds of a feather, or you're the sum of the five people you hang around. I got a lot of great people that I love. Um, on the surface, they're not the same as me, right? I'm trying to find people that want to work hard, that are down to go through pain because they know where it's going to lead them in the long term, a bigger, greater, grander life. And most importantly. I was sick of knowing that I have so much potential inside of me and I'm not letting it out. And so one of the things that I was looking for, I remember back to sports when I was a kid, you got that coach that's pushing you, that's driving your dick in the dirt, that you hated in the moment. But when you were finished, you were like, man, I didn't think I could do that. And I did that. And so I was looking for something like that. And that's where, like I told you on that first phone call, it just manifested right in front of me. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to explain how you got on the path, right? It's different for everyone. And sometimes it's, uh, it's forced or it's induced or it's recommended. And other times it's like, fuck, I'm at a critical point where I need more than the tools I've been provided with. That sums up a good part of my life is I had what I thought I had based on the tools that I had. And so a big definition in my life of suffering was trying to do the same thing with what I had and expect a different result, also known as insanity. But we can live that way just by pattern naturally and not even know what we don't know. And so the crucible exposed you to some things that you did not know. Share that with the listeners because there's a lot of guys who listen to this podcast who, you know, see the video and know what we're about when we talk about this immersive experience and, and why I love it. Because again, we could spend an hour together. You could listen to this podcast, however long it is, 30, 45 minutes and be moved, but you're not going to be transformed. You're not going to wake up the next day and go, fuck, I can see clearly now. That's what we created the crucible for. And so what did it expose you to or what did it show you that you had no fucking clue about in your life? 
where do I begin? Uh, it showed me some good things that just like I, I believed, but it put into practice that I'm strong. I could do this. Um, it also showed me that if I can fight one way and I can't fight the other way, I could be exposed to problems. We did that exercise with fighting the guys off me and I, uh, it was, a uh, it was eye opening. You know, I can I take those skills from football days and things like that and I can tackle and I can, but when you're in an element that you're not familiar with and you don't know how to deal with what happens when that happens. And so that, that was big. Um, and the metaphorical things that we did that show you that you're making things harder in your life than it needs to be. That was eye opening as well. And also, um, not just the burdens we carry. That's one of my, one of the ones I'm referring to, but also the things that we have in our life that aren't going to go away for good, like our families and things, the things we need to show up for, they might be heavy at times, but we, we're, we got to take care of it. We got to forge our own path. Um, and believe that we got this. Scariest moment for you in, in that two-day course? Depends on the type of scared you're talking about. <laughs> um, I So when we did that thing at the lab where we had to fight these guys off, I went last. And so I, I sat there through four or five dudes doing something, getting their ass kicked or something, I don't know. And then... Uh, when it was my turn, yeah, I was, I was, my heart was pumping. Um, but then scariest, another type of scary is at the end where we did the, uh, the eulogy exercise. Uh, First time. Yeah. And I've lost people in my life. I've had hard times with some of that stuff and it's, and I know how fragile life really, really is. And so that moment provided a lot of clarity that even in my worst moments of the day or the biggest challenges or struggles I'm going for or through to never forget what you do have and how important those things are to you. Yeah. If we can die every day, we'll wake up the next day alive, rejoicing. Definitely. Yeah. So a big part of that course, that program, and you know, again, that's a collection of, of 20 years in, in the industry of coaching, training, teaching, but that's 42 years in this body of knowing what works and what doesn't work, what moves a man and what gets him to pay attention. What's the difference between life transforming and, oh, that was cool. And so you got that perfect blend at the exact right time, meaning we've been fine tuning this program for just about going on four years now. And so you got it in its prime. You also got it when you needed it most. Not three, four, five years from now, when you're wondering what happened to your marriage or why your daughter doesn't run up to you. You're doing it at the exact right time needed, which is an onboarding course for fatherhood. Not to mention some of the other tactical tools you learned along the way. And so now coming out of it, and going into this next phase and stage, what's what's a tool that you're utilizing regularly now? Um, get specific. There's a lot of tools. Um, 
my morning activation is a tool that is setting me in the right path each day. My protection for my family is a tool that's a lot more, a lot higher in my awareness than it ever was before. Um, I had been around guns and things in the past, but I didn't have the same understanding and uh, experience with them before. Breathing. Mm. That's a big one. And mouth, or excuse me, nose breathing specifically, um, and how that can truly just change where I'm at in any moment and bring me back to the moment, especially when there's things going on. Like I can imagine what's going to happen in the next month. Baby's crying. This is going on. Deals going south. Whatever's happening. <sighs> Taking a breath, coming back to the moment. That's a tool I think is going to make a massive impact on me for the rest of my life. Mm. Beautifully said. Uh, It's so simple, yet whether it's unforgotten or it's never been taught, again, we can look at it both ways. There will be moments of unconsciousness in my game, in my day, and I'll easily remember, oh yeah, breathing. So it's not like here uh, I'm wearing a different colored belt than you are. It's part of our automatic nervous system. We've been doing it our whole life, uh, untapped, unregulated, just allowing it to happen. And because of that, the mindset oftentimes is unregulated and untapped. And so before we can change your mind about something, before we can evolve your brain into thinking at a higher level and then reacting in a less reactionary sense and more in the sense and mindset of how do I resolve this situation versus react to it? How do I respond to it versus react to it? It's a game changer. Then we tie that into say high intensity or even exercise. And now we're able to perform at a higher level because we're focused on nasal breathing. Uh, yeah, you said it great. Uh, absolutely beautiful, again, to go from you know the random phone call email to uh, an active living member of what the Fathers of the Future is all about. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, he talked a lot about the, the business and the brand. Yeah, motherfucker, I did. And so I did, but I see another man on the other side of this table who in five weeks has gone from good to great to extraordinary to unfucking amazing <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. It's fucking yeah. amazing. And again, it's not the end-all be-all. We didn't hit. We're not there. We got ways to go. We got We're on the path. Long way to go, baby. But to see somebody take action, which is usually the missing element in these types of programs, right? You can hear about it. You can listen to this podcast. You can download the free audible, you can watch the video, you can read the book. But until you take action, shit's always going to be the way it is. That's why we stand behind an immersive experience. I don't learn by watching someone's video. I might, I might, you know, catch something, but there's no way it's going to transform me into making this a part of my practice. It's got to be beaten in me. <laughs> That's yeah. the only way I'm learning. And so that's why we created this program. And again, I honor you and all the men who've gone through this program because it's not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's not point. all physical either. 
No, yeah, it's that, not. That's another one I get is like, oh yeah, it looks like boot camp. It looks like you're beating. Anybody out there who's building their business, who's an entrepreneur or a solopreneur and they're running ads, social media ads, I feel you because um, you get a lot of haters out there. And so we're going to talk about the haters for a minute. We're not going to give them the limelight. We're going to talk to them yeah, Tom Brady style. Uh, hey, I got, sometimes you got to thank them because they're going to drive you to do something different. You're going to not allow them to penetrate you so that you can stand by your mission. And if your mission's not rock solid, guess what? You got to fill some gaps. Great. Fill those gaps, but then come back to the drawing board. Anytime someone has called me out on anything, I've had to look at it and say, what's the perspective behind this? Is there some meaning behind this? Is there some truth? Right? When we can do that, we can look at the lens 360 degrees. All right, there's some hate out there. Is it real? I think someone called our group a white supremacy group and on the on the uh, Instagram ad, and I had to laugh at it. I was like, man, damn, have you seen my wall? H have you looked down a little bit? Yeah. Have you seen some of the demographics of the people that I serve, lead, teach, coach? It's all good. Haters going to hate. It's a reflection it, of their own it, life. Yeah, man. it's all good. All right, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the business of real estate. Uh, you are not just a realtor, but you are a real estate professional. And in my mind, what that means is I'm hiring you to do some things that I don't know how to do, that the app on Zillow can't teach me. And so I know what that game is about having to deal with um, unprofessionals in the space. We dealt with that a lot in CrossFit and getting hobbyists in the game. You see a lot of that happening when the real estate market is good. Oh, yeah. You and your wife are professional. You have your own team. You have your own business. You have your own brand. And so how can someone get in the game right now? Because I thought we were all, there's no way the common man could get in the real estate game in 04, 05, 06, 07. And then the bubble burst in 08. And so we know inventory is low. Can you say anything to a to a young buyer right now, or is it just stack your cash and hold on, baby? Because what's the average uh, MLS right now in in Arizona? How what is the longest you've had a property on the market for? The listing I just had last week, we had thirty four offers in about <laughs> four days. So and there was only three days of showing. I had it on the market to expose it for a day or two, but had I gone with the offers that came in the first day, it would have been a few hours. Um, to the buyers out there, to the people in real estate, there are ways around it. You definitely have to be committed. This isn't a time for one foot in, one foot out type of uh, people. Um, but there's, there's more to it than just stacking cash at it. You just have to get super creative. You got to be working with someone that's asking a lot of questions, both to you, but also to the other side of any potential property that you'd be looking at. We put deals together by offering pizza, as goofy as that sounds. But when you think about it, there's 12, 13, 20 offers, and everybody's talking about the same terms. They're talking about this much money, this this short of an appraisal, or excuse me, inspection period or whatever. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to write a strong offer, but we're also going to throw something in there that gets you labeled. When there's 12 offers and they're talking about this number, that number, what about that pizza offer? 
that's just one trick that I've come up with recently yeah. and I've shared it with some agents across the country that are seeing success with it. It's goofy, but it makes people laugh and smile just like you did. Fr- fresh hot chocolate chip cookies in the oven during an open house. I, I learned that back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's th- Those little tips are the game changers and the separators. It's the little stuff. Yeah. I think just like in life. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of flakes as well though which also proves the validity that the market is inflated, right? You're seeing a lot of people who, not necessarily the ones who are looking to buy, but maybe the ones who, who are saying they want to sell, uh, but actually don't. And so they're testing and you see them put it on and pull it off. Um, there's a lot of people that are not serious. And so that also affects the marketplace, right? Because you don't know who who's believable, who's trustworthy, a big part of your your brand and and really what you guys do differently is this level of integrity, uh, trust, and, and loyalty, and just kind of explain and describe what what that means when people are negotiating their their term, their contract, their percentage. I mean, they're negotiating things that they shouldn't be negotiating because you're not negotiating your professionalism. Right, and I share that with you in in the pre conversation uh, about real estate. Is like, look, it's not a thing to negotiate when the market's hot. It's the same way, it's not something to negotiate when it's low. Right, three percent is the standard. You're not. Otherwise, you're competing with an app, and you're not. So, tell us about this brand integrity piece that you're you've created inside of Seacrest Homes, and why it matters now more than ever. First, I'll start off with, I'm a big believer that in the absence of value, it's about price. And so that's where we're seeing all those people negotiate those things because they can't provide the actual value, the outcomes, the experience, the anticipation that we bring to the table when we're working with our clients. You mentioned stuff about flaky people in the market right now. That's something that you have to be extremely careful for, especially if you're a seller because it is so competitive people are trying to tie you up in the contract and decide later if they want to move forward so now you've wasted time you might have stigma on your listing because it's back on market whatever those types of things Um, and there's a lot of hungry agents out there they don't have the trust in the marketplace like we do and so they'll do anything it takes to get you to sign that paper they got a car payment to make They got those things that they have to do. So when you're working with us, I don't play those games. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. And at the end of the day, when you're working with us, it's not about us making the decision for you. It's about us explaining to you, if you make this decision, A, B, and C could happen. If you make this other decision, A, B, and C can happen for that. So it's really a risk and reward conversation so that you know, all right, you could get rewarded by this, but here's the risk involved. So just understand. The great thing is, is our sellers right now, with the way we introduce the listings to the market, we stack it. We just uh, did one for one of our sellers that they took a offer that is $60,000 more than what we had it listed at. There's immediate non-refundable earnest money, as is appraisal waiver. And the beauty of that is that if that buyer cancels for any reason, even a, a real reason, you know, the roof's falling down, my sellers are going to make some money in a matter of six days and then sell it to someone else in line. So that's what we try to set up is make sure that 
they're always going to stay protected and also find that intersection of making the most money and encountering the least amount of risk or headaches. I don't see any negative or uh, pessimistic side of you or or what you're you're delivering, but I have to ask the question, yeah. is this a bubble? And if so, uh, how long? Because the great thing, as you know, in my coaching programs that I teach people is about diversity and understanding everything from crypto to real estate uh, to basic finance 101 and tax shelters, especially in this new um, office, uh, those of us who uh, are making above that $400,000 range are going to be taxed significantly. So understanding as much as we possibly can, right? Education and information above all. The people I know who are building large lots, who are building custom homes, who are building track homes, who are building uh, uh, for rents, they're busy for the next three years this fucking pool company in the backyard included, right? They're they're set for the next three years. And so unlike a stock or crypto, it's not going to have, we're going to know as it slowly starts to move in there. Any signs anytime soon? No. No. <laughs> not happening, man. Uh, you know, there, there might be parts in the country that see things a little bit differently than we do. Phoenix, Arizona is one of the top markets in the country everybody's moving here including companies which is bringing more people thank you california i was going to say max exodus out there um if if we see anything we might see things slow down in the future not not right away if the interest rates change demand will slow just a little bit but in order for us to go the opposite direction a lot of things got to change in fact from 2010 to 2020 arizona's population growth grew about 18%, just under 17.9. At that same time, our housing units only grew 9%. So you can imagine how much of that has to be soaked up and, and head the opposite direction before prices start to go the opposite direction. So real estate's a great place to be. Uh, Investment-wise, we're buying a house right now. Uh, I have I love that buyers are, well, I don't it's the wrong time to buy. Prices are high. Mm -hmm. No doubt they are. Mm -hmm. I'm buying. Yeah. How's that make you feel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not stoked about the price, but I see the market where it's going to go. Two, three years from now, if I want to sell it, I'll be a hundred thousand up. Yeah. Yeah. We just bought a rental in Surprise. And so I want to touch on the city of Surprise as the potential of the fastest growing city uh, economically and population wise over the next 10 years in the state of Arizona we could not buy a secondary rental property or a flip property in our zip code or even within about 25 or 30 miles, which led us to the city of Surprise. And so my question to you is, tell us about Surprise. Tell us about uh, what what's going on out there. You guys are moving out there as well? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the hot, we're building the house out on the tip corner of Surprise right now. Um it's out there, man. I don't even have a grocery store next to me right now. Fry's just bought the land behind my house, though. Wow. So that's uh, Surprise is growing crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's right along the 303. So there's massive businesses moving in over there, which, of course, is bringing more people. Uh, Boeing, UPS, Amazon, they all have multiple hundred thousand square foot facilities out there. And the reason why it's growing, there's a lot of land to build on. A lot. So the house that we bought in 2017, uh, our first house, 
we bought for 200 today three years later three and a half years later we're up probably 170 grand on it people waited 10 15 years for that kind of equity so surprises it's it's booming yeah yeah so for those who maybe are out priced in the market for, forget Southern California, Northern California, uh, but you're here in Arizona or you're in one of these other states who is not happy with the current reality uh, or the climate, whether it be political or, or, or health related, whatever. You're right, you come to Arizona, you move here and you're like, yes, I can't buy in Scottsdale. I can't buy in Phoenix. I can't buy what I want. And so now I start to look at surprise. And it's not just an option or even an opportunity, it's what's happening. And so if you wanna make money, uh, you wanna get a return on your investment while having a place to live, maybe with a little more land, surprise is your bet. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only place, but it is a, it's a solid place to go. And something I wanna touch on is in life and in real estate and in a lot of things, sometimes you gotta make sacrifice. And I would actually use a synonym and call that investment. So I work with people all the time that, especially in the first time mar- first time buyer market that is looking for this beautiful turnkey home. They're trying to find the home that their parents live in and they're not realizing that, this, let me put it to you this way, they'll continue renting because it's not shiny and pretty for what they want. So they'll spend 30, 40, 50 grand in rent over the next two or three years Meanwhile, give up thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in equity to have a home that fits their needs, that that makes it work for now. So there's there's so much of that in our world where people will choose one thing over another because it's more gratifying, it's it's more instant, but they're missing on an opportunity to have huge gains in whatever area of their life that is. So my message to buyers out there, if you can't afford what your dream is, well, great, use it to lead you to your dream. The house we just bought in Tempe, that's where we're living at the moment. It's not shiny, man. This thing had ugly ass chocolate brown carpet. All It was built in 74. We didn't. We lived there for a year, year and a half. It's worth $60,000 more. I made it a, what most people make in a year for their salary just by living in a place that I didn't love when I first saw it. Uh, so you're saying real estate's a good investment? <laughs> Best thing you could yeah. be investing in. Yeah, and yet people will still resist that because of what their parents might've told them or oh, because yeah. what they think, they're, they're, they're not able to afford it versus saying, hey, I'm gonna go buy something that is not my ideal home, my dream home, but guess what? I'm gonna leverage it. I'm gonna live in it for a couple of years. I'm gonna make some equity on it. I might even bring in a roommate to help with the mortgage, but yeah. I'm going to own property. You're going to be the owner, not the renter. And that's one more thing I'll add to that is it wasn't until what, what is it? April right now, three, four months ago, Nicole and I had roommates for the last three and a half years. We had people living in our house and, and a lot of people I share that idea with, they're like, no, no, I'm not in college anymore. I'm not putting anyone in my house. Well, what else are those bedrooms doing for me? Mm. So up until January of this year, all the way since 2017, I have not paid my own mortgage. And that's because we made the conscious decision 
to hook up some friends with a rent that's way under what they would pay out there in the open market and serve ourselves by having our mortgage paid and using our money to go towards things towards our future. Invest, leverage. So you just schooled us, right? And that's the reason why someone would hire you uh, over an app or a website or a for sale by owner. How can the listeners get a hold of you? How can we learn more about Todd Seacrest and Seacrest Homes? Yeah, you can hit me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is just my name. So Todd underscore Seacrest. That's S-E-C-H-R-E-S-T. I'm not related to Ryan. Um, my, on Facebook, same thing. It's Todd A. Seacrest because my pop's got the same name. Uh, and then you can hit me with a text or a phone call, man. My phone number is 602-571-571. 0409 and uh, we're active on, on all those platforms so always just happy to help people yeah beautiful share brother so before you go we got to ask you one of the universal questions that we drop on this show and this one will be a little bit unique because of where you are in your fatherhood journey but what is one of the first things you really want to see your daughter do you know uh is it just be here now or is there something more like you know scoring a goal like yesterday shout out to my daughter camille right uh she's playing basketball at school not her sport but we want our kids and here's a coaching moment to play at least one school sport even though they play club sports so that they are part of the community and so that they have some ownership in where they attend and so mama bear installed that a couple years ago and it's worked great so she's playing basketball which is not her sport and we don't play it that often but she's got some basic skills and I see her steal the ball and go and shoot a jumper. And in that moment, even though I was videotaping, I stopped and I paused and I, I just embraced it because once you get on this train, man, there is no stopping. And so oftentimes we can't wait for our kids to get to that next place. I can't wait till they get out of their diaper. I can't wait till I don't have to put them in a car seat. I can't wait till they can make their own food. And like that Adam Sandler movie, Click, life goes by way too fast. When your expectations of where they should be or what they should do next just keep going. And so we have to earn our right to be present. And yesterday was a case example of just, just seeing that layup, that jumper uh, with my own eyes, seeing her on the court and not focusing on what's next. Yeah. Um... Excited for those moments. For sure, too. <laughs> I, I stole your thunder. Let me, let me no, restart no. it back, dude. What are you most excited about with this girl being born? And, and really, what do you want to teach her first? I'm most excited to see her overcoming the challenges that she's going to face. Um, you know, one of the big things that I, that's important to me as becoming a dad is to provide lessons, but also... I don't want it to be too easy because life's a bitch sometimes. And so I'm excited to see her frustrated trying to stand up and then see her reaction when she takes a few steps and we're all screaming, jumping for joy, pumping her up, being excited. Um, because I know that's going to translate into, you know, hey, maybe basketball is not my first sport, but I'm going to get out there and I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do my best. So... That's the the micro example of what I'm excited to see as she grows into the strong woman she will be. 
Beautiful share, my brother. No better way to wrap up this week's episode of the Fathers of the Future podcast. We appreciate you for being here. You could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with us. My brother Todd, congratulations on your short-term success as it will lead and build to your long-term success. And congratulations to you and your wife on bringing a new baby girl into this world, June 1st. June 1st. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys, this whole network, and let's keep growing. If you got value out of this podcast, all we ask in return is that you simply share it and pay it forward. Text, email, DM, send this podcast in every platform available to somebody you know who wants to learn a little bit more about expansion and growth in the position of fatherhood or even learn a few real estate investment tips. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you soon. Peace. Later.